0: Welcome everyone to the Random Inks Podcast. My name is Justin and as always I have my co-host with me Mark. Today is September 24th 2017 and we are on episode 8 of our podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining us once again and listening in and hopefully joining the conversation. Uh, Today we have a lot a lot of things to talk about. We I spent the weekend at Salt Lake Comic Con, I went to a bunch of panels, talked to some guests, some uh, some patrons of Salt Lake Comic Con, we talked uh, with some vendors there, and a couple uh, other people, well, one of them was an author who writes uh, indie horror novels, and we'll be having him on as a guest at some point in the future, uh, Michael Brent Collings is his name, check him out on Amazon.com, you mostly publishes his books there. But uh, for now, we have a guest on the show, Jordan Rasmussen. He is our Stephen King expert, and we'll be talking uh, with him about uh, the latest Stephen King novels. So Jordan, we want to welcome you to the show. Hey, thank you. Yep. So what we always do with our guests uh, when they're on for the first time is we like to let them uh, talk about them and themselves and their interests. Uh, so we want to give you a minute or two to kind of explain, you know, uh, what's your, uh, what are your nerd interests and what's your favorite franchise or universe? What, What interests you?
1: Um, my current nerd interests right now, probably board gaming is probably one of my biggest things that I've gotten into. Um, those are the conventions I've been going to. As a lot of board game conventions lately. So nice. um, that's taken up a lot of my time and and money is is board games and uh, board game leagues that I've been in. Cool. So,
0: Yeah, I saw on um, Facebook you were posting like a JordanCon a couple weeks ago. Was that what it was? Yeah, we had uh,
1: JordanCon 1. <laughs> the, the day you go JordanCon, it was me, my uh, brother and brother-in-law, played board games for a weekend straight so <laughs> on labor day weekend yeah. um yeah it's pretty pretty fun so
0: cool what kind of games were you guys playing like what were some of them um
1: games? Uh, so some of the big ones uh actually one of the big ones is a game that's not currently out yet it's my kind of my favorite game it's called eschaton from archon games it's a ah. deck building game so we played a bunch of that um trying to think what else we had uh harry potter hogwarts battles always a fun one um scythe trying to play through that and mansions of madness is also very good good one that takes up some time too so yeah, a couple of the big games that we've been playing so
0: nice so the eschaton game is that what it's called is that how you say Yep. Yeah, yeah i think we saw that at comic-con right mark
2: I think so, um, and it was kind of like.
0: Is that gray colored? Like game. a
2: little Risk-like, right, where you control yes. centers and uh, you can summon things, and you're just trying to be the most evil person or something. Is that right? It's
1: like a, it's a, it's a. That's what I always tell people. It's mixed between a deck builder and Risk. So yeah, gray, gray on the box, and uh, yeah, you have different cubes, um, like Risk. You're trying to get control of different uh, places on the map. Um, and, yeah, be the most evil person before the end of days. So, yeah, they debuted it, um, well, the finished product at um, Salt Lake Gaming Con, which back in the summer,
2: and that's when I got it, so. Yeah, it looked pretty interesting. I know they were doing some... uh some free play, you know, board play there at the Comic-Con, you know, try to get people into it. I wanted to sit down and play, but we just we didn't have a whole lot of time right then, so we couldn't, but it uh, definitely looked interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a blast.
0: Yeah. And Mark even made the comment, "I would really want to play that, but who would we play it with?" <laughs> I guess we know now. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah, drug.
2: there's. It's my closet. our family is uh, not super nerdy. It's just kind of me <laughs> and Justin. And uh, so that's it. So we were like, uh, you know, it'd just be a two-player game. And as fun fun as those are, you can only play those so long, you know? Yeah. And,
1: um, and I can yeah, only I win can so much. That.
2: I mean, it's just, it just gets easy after a while.
1: Yeah, I yeah. play in a board game league, and it's all couples and then me. I'm the only person that <laughs> plays in it with a whole bunch of different couples on the odd man out. So.
0: <laughs> That's
2: pretty awesome, though. That's cool. Uh, I know I've mentioned to Justin. I, I love playing games. You know, We get together with Justin and his wife, and we play games all the time, and we're always looking for new games. Uh, one game I've wanted to try is the new um, Jim Butcher game. Uh, it's kind of like a card game. I don't know too much about it, uh, but he's been – Uh, doing it Uh, I don't know if you read the Dresden files but Jim Butcher's an author and he came out with a game kind of based on uh, the books and uh, it looks pretty interesting but I love trying new games I I think it's great yeah I think I actually
1: saw it if it's recent something about the Dresden files and I don't know much about the Dresden files but at the game store I play yesterday they had it in like something like that in their new releases so yeah
0: nice all right. So which store do you go to? Which store do you play at? Uh, so the store I play at
1: is called the Dragon's Keep in Lehigh. Okay. Um, they run a, a weekly game league on Saturdays, um, $5 to kind of buy in. And then we play for a month the same game. And then um, they have a tournament at the end, kind of. And then they have a regular season and, and then a tournament and then we start a new game. So yeah, we play a new game each each month, so pretty
0: pretty fun. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Interesting. Well, yeah, that'd
2: that'd be fun. And I think we've been down to that one, haven't we, Justin? We were down there for a Brandon Sanderson
0: signing yeah, or something. I think so. Something.
1: And yeah. I I found out about it. I won a a contest through board game geek. They had partnered with the Dragons Keep. Um and so that's what got me into the store for the first time so um they sent me to st george con to play board games for a weekend so
0: nice (laughs) yes that's that's how you ended up down there i was wondering is like wow, he just went down to st george yeah cool (laughs) Nope. (laughs) so all right well uh definitely keep us in mind for jordan con too i think we might be interested in that so
1: we're going to make shirts for Jordan Con, too. It'll be a whole thing. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <Is that laughs>
1: shirts, gonna a-
2: swag, everything. It's going to be big.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that going to be a yearly thing or just whenever you want yeah, to Yeah, try, try to do a yearly
1: thing, of just uh, playing, playing board games over a weekend. So. Sweet. I like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So... We did talk a little bit about Salt Lake Comic Con, how we saw that board game there and talked to some people. We did end up mostly going to panels most of the time and sat in on those and recorded a a bunch of them. Some we recorded audio, just audio of the panel, and others I recorded video. And you can find those on our YouTube account as well as our Patreon accounts. Uh, The audio is exclusive to the Patreon account and then the video is uploaded to the YouTube. And I've posted those on our Facebook page as well. Links to those, so check those out. Um, stuff you only find at Random Angst and at Salt Lake Comic Con. So, and we'll talk more about Salt Lake Comic Con and the panels on later episodes. I just kind of need some time to process all that and figure out what we're going to talk about. I just ended yesterday, so it was a good time. I guess it was one of the the more uh, successful conventions. Is that what you were saying, Mark? well that
2: that's what they say (laughs) Um, you know they you know Dan Farr you know gave a statement um, basically he says for the most part we're pretty much the right size for the attendance versus the number of celebrities we have versus the number of vendors Uh, he then goes on to say the thing we always need to watch is keeping a balance of all those things I think it's a pretty good assessment I think uh, you know uh, just being there and Seeing how it was run, I think they've have struck a pretty good balance uh, as far as that goes. What I don't think is uh, the the balance is off as far as the quality right. of celebrities right. or the quality of booths, booths, you know, and things like that. Um, I, you know, w- we talked about it at the comic con how the you know the booths that have come up in quality from the first time I mean the first time we were there they had like uh, sewing machines and weird things you know cricket, and, booth. And,
0: cricket yeah cricket
2: booth. And but now you know it's a lot more legit you see a lot more comic book um, <clears throat> comic book booths. whereas even you know just at, uh, last year they only had two and this time they had quite a bit more you know so they are definitely improving I think the one area they need to continue to improve at is the celebrity area i i just find that lacking and i found it i mean i think at the height of it was two years ago right when um uh when chris evans came and you know it's not that we've it's tapered off a little bit it feels like it's a drastic fall in quality i mean you're big you know you had probably two or three really big guys right Uh, and and this is a side, I don't count Dick Van Dyke because I don't think he has any reason to be at a Comic-Con. I think he's, you know, a good drawer, you know, he gets people there, and I guess that's what you want. But as far as Comic-Con people goes, you had, you know, Elijah Woods, who's, you know, been, you know, it, it's pretty old. It's kind of outdated, but he was there, people excited. You had, um was it Rooker?
0: Yeah, um, Michael Rooker.
2: Michael Rooker was there. And then you had... um uh, Bar is it Barrowman? John Barrowman. John Barrowman. Those are probably the three biggest ones, and then yeah, you had you know Stephen is uh, Stephen Amell and stuff, and, and they were there, and that's good. But um, you know, you're talking three re- you know three to five really good ones, one or two re- okay great ones, and then that's it. And you just look at the other comic cons, New York Comic Con, uh, San Diego Comic Con, and they just I mean you can't can't even count. The number of people they have right so i just think uh that should be the focus now is what can dan foreign and company do to to get that a-list clientele coming you know consistently yeah consistently you know like where was the chris evans this year you know um you didn't really have one i mean even uh i don't you know i I guess I can't think of names off the top of my head, but it just seems like, uh, you know, we didn't have a really good a-lister this time, yeah. and uh, and I think that was obvious. You and I were talking about it. Like, uh, you know, we go to comic cons all the time. We always pay for signings, and this time we had no inclination to even want to go get a signing. And some of those guys we didn't even have, but we just weren't excited about it.
0: Yeah yeah so uh, hopefully attendance wise it was pretty similar to the other comic cons here in salt lake uh... guest wise the quality of guest wise i would agree with you there but that's something they can fix hopefully uh... the next Fanex, which is usually in the late winter early spring they can fix that and obviously the the next year for comic-con I'd like to see some better guests um... yeah so you went to the the gaming con jordan Salt Lake Gaming Con, Salt yes. Salt Lake Gaming Con, yeah. Uh, how how was that? So I, I know they had a couple guests, celebrity guests, but not too many. They did. They
1: had they had some voice actors um, were the main ones from uh, Overwatch. Was probably I think two or three people from Overwatch. Um, yeah. Jennifer Hale was probably the biggest celebrity they had. Uh, yeah. She's from um, Mass Effect, um, Metal Gear Solid. Um, kind of her big. Uh, games um they did some panels with them um one of the things i liked about gaming con that you know i and i've only been to comic con once um but with gaming con i liked that it was a lot of interactive activities where i didn't feel that there was too many people there it's pretty, pretty open. We were able to, me and my son, we went. We were able to do some LARPing while we were there. Nice. Uh, we were able to play a Dungeons & Dragons Adventure. They had um, the Adventure League there to play. Um, and then they had just walls of board games that you could just try out and, and play. And then they had a lot of vendors there, um, you know, Kickstarters, um, guys trying to sell board games and um, projects they were working on. So that's... Was good and video games. They had a lot of video game um, tournaments and retro games.
2: So, gaming con was was really fun for me.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, I see they had a um, couple of League of Legends players as well, right? I mean, I'm a big yeah. League guy, and uh, I mean they had I think Shifter went and Scara, and I think there's another guy that went too. Um, but uh, I mean, if you're into League of Legends, I mean, hey, go go meet some of the legends, right? <laughs> yeah which I'm not
1: into League of Legends so they just went right over my head but uh yes there were a bunch of pro players there as well as you know one of the one of the funny things my wife they had all these jerseys on a wall I do remember this and she says what are all those and I said oh those are the professional uh, game league teams and you could get your name put on I mean just like a NFL or NBA team it was kind of cool to see all the different uh, you know gaming teams um that were represented there so yeah, it was it was pretty cool yeah they had they did have some some legends there that you could meet and get autographs and take
2: pictures with so that's good yeah i, I know justin and i have talked and i think we're gonna go next year we've never been and was uh the first you know we talked George? about
1: uh i think it was the second second okay. or third
0: oh, okay
1: um second or third um yeah i've already got my fund started for next next <laughs> year for how many board games i think i'm gonna buy from that from there so but <laughs> <laughs> putting 20s in an envelope right now for until july so um but yeah gaming con was very very fun so
2: and how many days is,
1: is it two three days it, it was two days it was uh, friday and saturday um is is what it ran um so still still fairly small um attendance attendance wise you know, not a, not a lot. Um, they're still at the Southtown Expo Center, um, but it it's growing. Um, well, I guess I can't really say that too much because I hadn't been to one, so I don't know what to, <laughs> what to compare it to. But yeah. from what I've heard, is you know the attendance is is improving. The guests are um, at least improving from the first um, gaming con they had. So
0: nice. Yeah, I was planning on going to that one up until. It coincided with a basketball tournament that my daughter was playing, so I wasn't able to go. But I definitely want to go next time. sounded fun.
2: Basketball tournament, that's like a different language. We're talking about gaming con.
0: (laughs) Nerd stuff, not basketball.
2: (laughs) No, I'm I'm looking forward to going next year too. Um, I, I just love gaming. I do it all right. I love board games. I play computer games all the time. Um, I would definitely do the League of Legends tournament. Uh, they had a small you know, League of Legends last year at Comic-Con, I did that and did pretty well. But uh, yeah, that's cool. It's good to kind of hear about that from someone that's been there. Yeah, and a lot of the tournaments, because
1: um, I was going to do a Hearthstone tournament, but a lot of the tournaments are free with your admission, so you can just register and then you play. And then they had a, uh, you know, as each tournament kind of for the finals, they had a big screen TV there. And then you could go and sit and watch the the finals taking place. So it that was kind of uh, pretty fun to to be able to see these uh, you know more competitive games. So
2: so do they have like a you know with the Hearthstone and I'm sure you know Magic was there and those other games. Do they just do like a draft tournament or they do they do bring your own deck tournament?
1: So uh, I don't know about with the Magic, but and I honestly, I guess, don't know about with the Hearthstone because I didn't end up doing it, but I would assume it would be a, you know, tournament style, bring your own deck kind of thing with, um, and actually, yes, with the Hearthstone, it was, you know, bring three decks and one got, um, I don't know the correct gaming term, but voided, Um, and then you played first to win your two decks that, out of the three so that's how the hearthstone tournament at least went so
0: nice oh yeah that sounds fun we'll definitely have to start including a a gaming component to our podcast (laughs) sounds like there's a a lot of interest out there we got our gaming experts on right now so pretty cool uh so movies we've we, we always have a movie section that's kind of been our one of our big thing movies and books, I would say. And we've been talking about Stephen King's It for the last couple of weeks, ever since it came out. Uh, it, was, it was a big a box office draw the first couple of weekends. I haven't checked lately, but do you guys know if it's still in the first place for the box office this week? I
2: have no idea. Um, I can look that up, though. Yeah. I, I From what
1: I saw is that last weekend it beat everything combined again um and I also saw that it has surpassed the Exorcist into the top horror releases of all time nice so I don't know if they compared that to dollars back then but that's that was the headline that I saw was that it is the top horror film ever mm. so
0: okay well that's good it's definitely been a juggernaut the past couple of weeks. Uh, it doesn't hurt that there really isn't any other good movies out, but <laughs> can't blame <laughs> that on yet. So,
2: yeah, it looks like um, it got knocked off. So it was number one for the last two weeks, and then it uh, was beaten out by Kingsman: The Golden Circle.
1: Oh, really? I um, guess yeah. this weekend, yeah, new.
2: So yeah, but uh, I mean, it's number two. You know, it's beaten out, you know, all the the newer ones that. We're supposedly supposed to do okay, but uh, kind of a bad month anyway, but but it stays on top. I, what do mm. you do? <laughs> yeah. Go see it. That's what you do.
0: So definitely the fans are liking it. Uh, the critics are, are giving it good reviews as well. So definitely a movie you, you should try and see if you haven't already. It is uh, pretty freaky and scary and jumpy at parts, so you know that, I think you'd come to expect that from a... A horror movie a Stephen and a stephen king movie to boot so we're going to spend some time talking about stephen king's it um some history on that there was a book written by stephen king called it way back in 1986 so over what is that 30 years now yep and then they released a tv was it a tv movie that's what i'm remembering it's like a yeah it was a made for TV. yeah it
2: had a. To... The guy from the Waltons in it, John Boy, or whatever his name is, he was in it.
0: Yeah. So that was released in 1990, so just four years after the book was released. So it sounds like from the beginning it was, you know, a bestseller, and just people liked it from the get-go. So now here we are in 2017 with a major motion picture release that's uh, storming the Charts and apparently is the top-grossing film, horror film, of all time. So definitely we're seeing. Um, let's start talking a little bit about the movie itself, the, the characters, the town you know kind of the setting of the town, there's some history there and um, it starts out in the town of Derry, and D-E-R-R-Y and there's a history of, of accidents and uh, I don't know if we call them murders but people dying and just uh, a lot of times it's kids that are dying and so when the movie starts there's a scene of a a child getting abducted by the creature called It and who is Pennywise, appears as Pennywise the Clown and that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Um, I know when I first saw that movie, that part of the movie, um, kinda it sets it up really well you know, it's raining outside, it's dark, it's thunder and lightning. So it sets that ominous tone. And you got this little kid chasing his boat down the stream. And I think we've all seen that preview or a picture of it. You know, the boat going down the, the drain. And so the kid looks down the drain, and he sees Pennywise, and that's kind of the first jumpy moment, right? He just kind of appears and he looks freaky. And then eventually they're talking and you know, you know something's going to happen to the kid and eventually uh, uh pennywise grabs the kid and drags him down into the sewer and that's the introduction to the movie so pretty intense uh a little bit gory as well because in in the film we see pennywise uh, bite the child's arm off which was pretty uh graphic and then just drags him into the sewer and that's that's the start of the movie <laughs> welcome to it um I think this movie was started, it set. It takes place in the, the 80s. I don't, I'm not sure which year. I can't remember. Do you guys remember which year it was? I, I want to say they said
1: 85.
0: Okay. Sounds about Cause right.
1: Because I, I made a mental note of that because that's when the adult time frame takes place in the book is 1985. So I was like, oh, now it's the the kids in 1985
0: so okay and that was one of my questions to you Jordan as i know there was a time <clears throat> a year difference between the book and perhaps even the the made for tv movie and and this film
1: yeah i mean that's that was the one i noticed in the in the movie the you know the part with the kids takes place in the 50s okay um as as he wrote it in 1980s you know 1986 and well he started in 1981 it took him five years to to write the book yeah uh started in yeah september 1981 and finished the end of december in 85 um but so he wrote the you know kind of conclusion part present day for him when he was writing it and so then when they when the grown-ups were children it
0: was in the fifties. Okay. So do you think that changed the store story dramatically at all, or did it have much of an impact? Do you think,
1: um, I don't think it changed much with, with the kids because he, you know, the, the setting, there's really nothing that would be exclusive to the fifties that I think they couldn't do in, in the eighties for the, for the kids. I mean, the focus was mainly on, on the kids and kids being kids and, yeah, and what's going through, so I don't think that had any any change with the dynamic of, you know, the the part from the book to the movie, the the setting. So
2: yeah, well, you kind of think too that they may have done that, um, so that when they release the next part of the show, they can have it more modern right, with today's technology, whereas, you know, if you write in the 50s and do it in the 80s, you're just using past technology nonstop, but this, I think, makes it more relatable, maybe, and uh, for people, I mean, that's the way I I see it, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, and I'd
1: be excited to see, like you said, to see how they, you know, adapt things to be present day, you know, the story with the adults to now be present day, so that, I think that will be um pretty interesting take and a new and a new take as well so
0: yeah yeah i think that was a good move i mean especially with the movie being released you know 30 years later that for me we were talking about on our last podcast how one of the things that i really liked about this movie and that kind of drew me in right from the beginning was the time frame that i was in you know that's the time frame i grew up in that's the time i remember riding bikes with my friends and doing Things in the woods and running around town and, you know, just exploring this, the local streams and everything, doing all the stuff that they did without a crazy clown, clown running around trying to kill people. <laughs> Take that out, and that was pretty much my childhood. So that drew me in right from the beginning, and I think that, w- that was a good move by them. So I, uh, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, so the town dairy uh, has a history. And I remember parts there was an explosion at some point in the past. There was uh, some kids who were killed. Do you wanna kinda give us a rundown on that, Jordan? What you remember? Uh, in in terms of from the from the movie? Yeah, and the book. How it compares to the book either way. Well Um,
1: yeah, one of the things um you know, was in the movie it's I believe Ben um is the one that's telling them all the history the book, it had changed, um, Mike, the, he was the one that told all the the history because he's kind of the one that's been rooted there for the time. But yeah, you had a, um, and you know, you had a kind of a city hall burned down. Um, you had a shoot, a gang shootout that they show a picture of in the movie, but that's from the book, a, a gang shootout. And, um, so just different things that really kind of show, How evil everybody is in the town without realizing it
0: okay so in you bring up the (laughs) picture and that reminded me of a shot in the film where it was like a an old colonial type drawing I looked like they were signing the declaration to be a town or something like that and they kind of panned over and there was Pennywise the clown in the drawing and I, I was like, well, has he been around that long? You know because that seemed like it was hundreds of years ago.
1: Well, and probably my favorite scene from the book, maybe I made the mistake of reading the book. I actually finished it as we were driving to the movie theater. <laughs> I was panning through the last ten pages or so to get done. Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. not in the movie, but probably the cool one of the my favorite scenes is, you know, the the children are trying to figure out. How the heck they're going to defeat Pennywise? Because he's, you know, killing everybody, and he's appeared to them all in kind of different forms, and they're trying to figure out what they can do to beat him. And they have like a kind of a seance, if you will. They they make a smoke um, smoke in a fort, and they like a smoke out. And uh, mm-hmm. while they're doing that, they have a vision. Well, one of them has a vision and it's actually like prehistoric time and it shows it crashing into Derry, and that was its existence um when it started so it's it's been in the town before anything so um that that kind of shows how long he's been there and um ultimately you know you kind of not find out but realize that it pennywise is the town he's he is dairy so that's Mm. that's kind of a a telling sign and you get a you get a feel for that uh, in the movie because you know pennywise kind of he sees all he can control all and he especially the grown-ups he can you know and and actually other kids that are trying to stop the the main children the the protagonists he can he can control other kids to go against them as, as it needs to do. So.
0: Okay. So that's kind of like how the older teenagers came into play in the movie. They were trying to, um, stop the, the chubby kid. He was Ben, yeah. right? Uh, or what was, the, who was the chubby kid? Yeah. Ben. Yeah. Um, so they tried to stop him. They tried to, you know, the one at the end try to grab, grab him and, Stop him from going down the well. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Now I I asked Justin, and I'm get, I'm gonna ask you, um, the, the kid that fell down the well, you know Henry Bowers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is he? Do you think he's dead or is he still alive? Well, in the original right. He got he was like yeah. in some nut house right, and uh, he comes back and
1: yeah, he's the main part in the second. In the second part, so I hope he's not dead because he, he's kind of the, um, you know, again, the, the, the second part, and it's going to be interesting to see the movie because the second part is, you know, and when he wrote the book, they happen at the same time, you know, the, the children to adults. So there's not a, hey, part one of the book is going to be the children and we'll end with part one and then part two will be the grownups. It all happens you know, chapter per chapter, he jumps around. And, um, so with Henry Bowers, you know, it, it (laughs) Pennywise brings him, you know, back in to again, fight, you know, the Mike and Ben and, um, you know, all of them again. And so, yeah, he is kind of a big main part. So I, I wouldn't assume that he's dead, but you never know with it being a Stephen King, uh, adaption because one of the things I like about Stephen King and also at the same time don't like is he pretty much gives his movies away and he kind of likes to see what they do with it almost as much as a, as I do as a fan. And he really doesn't have a tight lip. So if they could have killed him off and they'll figure out something else for the, for the sequel, I guess. But he, I, I don't think he's dead. I I wouldn't see that because he is a main character in the next part. So,
0: mm. okay. Well, not knowing the history of all that, I assumed he was dead. The way he <laughs> fell down that well and bounced every which way on the way down, and you know, the <laughs> bottomless well basically. So I guess if if they are gonna bring him back, it sets up a pretty good surprise for the general public. You know, because I thought he was dead. I think he's dead. So. It could be intentional.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So that's interesting to hear about the town because I kind of got the sense from the movie that the town was a little bit different than most towns. That they they did talk about how there's a lot of accidents in the town, a lot of deaths compared to you know surrounding um, towns and pretty much the nation. They did bring that up, so that's interesting to to hear about that part. And then with Pennywise the movies called it the books called it but yet we have a name for him at least in this movie called pennywise the clown (laughs) um but you get the sense watching the film that he can change into other forms that he's you know a, a stronger more ancient evil and he's not just a scary clown so with him, his main uh, weapons seem to be using the fears of others against themselves to cause their own death. Is that accurate? Is that what you guys got out of it?
2: Well, what I got out of it is he feeds on fear, right? I mean, and so the more scared you are, the better you are. You know, it's uh, more, you know, tastier or more power he gets. to. Who knows what it is? I can't remember, right? But uh, um so, you know, the more scared you are, the better, which is why at the end, you know, you see them, they're like, look, I'm not scared of you. And they're able to hurt them, you know, and because, you know, they're not scared of them, they, and uh, they can actually attack. So I, I think that's more of what it is as opposed to make them kill themselves. It's more of, you know, I want to make you as scared as you can because it's that much better.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Now, they do show that, you know, in the in the movie – Um, where he, you know, Pennywise, Pennywise, the dancing clown, that kind of is his safe, uh, safe person that he is. Um, you know, he then appears to everybody in what will scare them the most. So like with, um, Eddie, for example, who was the, um, health freak, he came as a, as a leper to him. Um, it, it the movie doesn't really go too much into you know the other kids they all have a scene where he does appear and you know kind of terrorize them in some form or the or another um but then pennywise is what he always kind of goes back to um and kind of the reason for that is because kids like clowns and that's what he feeds off of is to kind of reel them in is that that clown person like Georgie from the beginning, yeah. you know, if he was a monster, Georgie would have said, Hey, nope, I'm not talking to you at all, but he's a clown, he's friendly, and then he kind of shows his true form. So,
0: okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And there was a couple parts where, of dialogue where the kids would say, Yeah, I saw him, but yet they didn't show that in the film. So I think, mm-hmm. per, I'm hoping they perhaps film those scenes and then just, you know, in editing the movie together, they cut him out and hopefully we'll see him in the deleted scenes or uh, extended version or something like that because i was curious to see you know how the leper showed up to the one kid and they didn't really talk about uh, the outside of the main character um what was his name bill bill um they you know they showed his experiences as well as uh, the girls, wait, did they show anything with the girl or was it just the blood coming out of the sink? It, yeah. The blood
1: uh, yeah. coming out of the sink and the hair her.
0: and all that. So outside of those, I don't think they really showed. An, oh, the kid, the uh, Ben in the library, that was pretty freaky when he goes in the mm-hmm. basement with the Easter eggs and the headless guy comes walking down the stairs.
2: <laughs> was- well, come on. Who's chasing Easter eggs in a freaking library? That part, I was like, really? This kid this kid deserves to get written off this story. Man, he's, he's following Easter eggs? Like, what kind of kid is this? He's curious.
0: I, I guess. I and mean, he wants I, the candy inside the Easter eggs. Come on. I mean, well, and especially I
1: being Ben, he's the one that knows that bad things happen to kids in the town so if anybody yeah. should have been should have been him so.
0: yeah
2: yeah he's he's in the library like researching it he's like hey, look at all these dead kids hey check out these easter eggs that go down in this basement where no one is i'll keep following them
0: yeah yeah that's a good point they do that in pretty much every horror movie though right it's like yeah. don't go in the woods in the dark woods you know, yeah, horror movies have me
2: convinced that if, you know, crap ever hits the fan, I am ditching everybody I know. Or if I'm running, I'm just tripping the person next to me because they're just going to get
0: me killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was um, – would be interested to see what the other guys' experience was. Um, what was the kid that? that's from Stranger Things? What was his name?
2: Oh, Richie. Richie. Yeah,
0: Richie. What did it say in the book? What his experience was with Pennywise,
1: Um, or did he have one? It it did. You know, I actually think his. I might be mis uh, mis misquoting one of the kids. Again, I want to say it's Richie. For I don't think it would be anybody else. But um, is the werewolf Mm -hmm. um, that comes and gets him, which they. They did try to show a little bit in the movie when they're at the house, um, trying to fight it. How he was walking towards him and the claws kind of came out. Oh, yeah, that right. was a little bit of that. Um, that was one of them. from From that was and it was actually the the teenage werewolf. He had just gone and seen the movie, and <laughs> that it appeared to him as okay. as the teenage werewolf in a Letterman jacket and coming out to get him. So. Okay. Yeah, I believe that was that was his version of of it. So,
2: well, and he had two um I think in the original you don't see it in the 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 other one is that he was like looking at a photo album and he sees Pennywise and Pennywise winks at him, which yeah, that, freaks me out because I always am scared like what if a picture winks at me? Like that would yeah, I'd crap my pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of bills and um he saw his brother, Georgie, he, um, something happened with one of his pictures. And then later when they looked at it, they were looking through photo albums and the town was moving. And he actually stuck his finger in and could reach in the photo album. And then it kind of, I guess, gave him severe paper cuts, but it hurt him pretty bad. Um, cutting his hands where he put them in the photo album. So oh.
2: <laughs> It's like the worst paper cuts ever. <laughs>
0: So, did the scene in the garage with the, the slides and the movie projector, the slide projector, did that, did that replace that, that scene? I, or I really? believe
1: so because that's that's not in the yeah yeah in the book. Yeah, that, that would have
2: great. been epic to see in 3D.
0: Yeah,
2: I when that happened, the only thing I thought was if that was in 3D, everyone would have freaked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, when he came out, and this out the movie picture. wasn't 3D, right? What was this movie in 3D at all? I don't know, I didn't see it in three d not yeah
2: i never noticed it now,
0: yeah, that would have been epic though cool um so then they 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 figure out they go and we we kind of talked about this last time too, how the kids figure out they gotta go the source of everything is in the the broken down scary house, and they gotta go down the well, so they all man up and ride their bikes down to the house and they go inside. And the only thing I'm thinking during that time is like, if I was a 12 year old kid, I would not be going into the scary house by myself. I would be getting my dad's gun, grabbing swords, you know, whatever it takes And Maybe I'd go in with with something like that, but I thought it was a pretty gutsy move for all of them to go into the house like that. But from there, they go, they find the well, they go down it, and they end up getting separated and the girl, um, what was her name? Ben? Beverly. Beverly. Beverly yep. goes in first, and she gets, I don't know what, did they explain in the book what that was? What Was it hypnotized? Well, so or? In,
1: in the movie, she actually gets, the, the reason they, they go in the movie is she gets taken by Pennywise. She's not, she's not with them when they all go, they're going oh, in right. to go after um, which is again very different from the from the book. Um, they they're all together in the book, but that's because they all kind of, at least in the in the movie version, they all kind of started falling apart. Um, you know, uh, Richie and Stan, the um, Jewish boy, they they were getting upset because you know it was summer and they wanted to have fun and this wasn't fun for them and. Yeah. you know, Mike had to go separate ways. And so they all kind of started drifting apart. And Bill, Bill was the only one that wanted to fight it mostly for vengeance for his brother. Yeah. Um, but then when, once Beverly got taken, then they all kind of dropped everything again to go get her. Um. So that was a little, well, not a little, a lot different than, than what happens in the, in the novel. So, okay. Um,
0: okay.
1: And her hip, her hypnotism, um, he shows because it, and it's it's hard to show something that doesn't have a true form, but it really doesn't have a form. Like I said, it it is the town. It came from the beginning, and it's kind of a everything and anything and everything creature. And so when it opened up its face, if you notice in the movie, and showed, they call it the uh, I can't remember the the phrase, but something to do with the, the lights, the the three lights. Yeah. That's kind of, she was able to see its true form. And that kind of is what, you know, hypnotized her, if you will. And, and kind of shocked her seeing what it truly was.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. I remember reading that, uh, something that said that, uh, she's one of the only people to actually see it behind its shadow. Right. Because in the books, I mean, it, you know, it manifests as a, you know, as what it manifests as. I don't want to ruin anything, but uh, <laughs> it manifests as a creature. But it kind of explains that that's the way that human, the human mind experiences it, right? But that's not what it really is. And it, uh, it's actually something else. And But she actually had a glimpse of what it actually was. So that's why the reason she went kind of crazy like or whatever, because, I mean, her mind couldn't comprehend what it saw. And it just went and did freeze mode yeah. i guess
0: yeah okay um so then there was a shot of all these other kids floating in the air and i'm assuming those are all the other kids that were missing from the past few months or Correct. and one question i had is did they when the kids descended did they wake up or were they alive or were they just dead at that point and the movie didn't explain it
1: I would assume that they're they're dead um, from from my reading of the book and seeing the movie. When I mean, like Georgie was you know walking around saying he wanted to go home at the end with his arm missing, but
0: yeah.
1: you know there is no hey we're out and Georgie's with us again. Like it, I, I, I it it kills them and in, in in real life when they die they're okay. they're dead. I. And then the floating—I um, don't know what really to make of make of that. Um, it's kind of a different uh, explanation for float because I always assumed, just from you know reading it and hearing the you know we all float down here—is they're in the sewer, kind of floating in the
0: mm.
1: sewer water, not physically floating in the air. So
0: yeah,
1: um, that's my so my thoughts. So that
0: part wasn't in the novel, as far as. Kids
1: not seeing leaving. them all float. Oh, no. yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. They, well, I guess it makes sense because that was kind of a key phrase that they were using is you know come float or whatever they were mm-hmm. saying. So that that would make sense that they would be down there floating. All right. Um, so then the the movie ends and it's you know it and it says book one. So it leads us to believe there's going to be a book, too. And then the way the novel's written in the previous TV movie was that there would, you know, however many years later, it's it, it calls them back and they have to go back to Derry, I believe. Right. Yeah. Mike, Mike calls him back because it recovers
1: and mm-hmm. starts starts killing again. Um, and they had all made their promise at the end where they said if it ever
0: yeah,
1: came back that they would go and finish it because they they assumed that they had killed it, um, but knew maybe that wasn't the case. So,
0: so in the original TV movie and in the novel, did did he just did it just fall down the well the pipe, or what happened at the end? How did he how they get rid of him?
1: Yeah, you know, I can't remember with the the TV movie. I've only seen it once, um, very long ago. Um, but they were in and, and they weren't really in a well in the book, but they were kind of in its layer through the sewers and stuff. They didn't have, they didn't go through the house that time. They went through the sewers to, to fight it. Um, but they had gone in kind of to a place and he kind of just, they defeated it and it kind of went away. Mm. Um, sadly I'm not even remembering that much. And I just finished reading it, but uh, the movie's kind of clouding my memory here, but it, yeah. I think it just kind of went away. And they, you know, they thought, cause um, you know, they, they weren't all physically there when, you know, it was bill mainly that was, you know, they were, that was, that was fighting it. Um, and so they, it kind of just went away. And so that's what they thought Am I? I might be off a little bit yeah, on that, be- but.
2: Beverly shoots her shoots it, right, with like a slingshot or something like that, like hits it with something that, and yeah, it gets that's hurt.
1: The first, that's the first, because they kind of go to fight it, and you know, she shoots it with the slingshot and he starts running and then they go to chase him down in I think that part happens at the house. Um, but then when they, they chase him, I think it's through the sewer. So yeah, it kinda has two parts to that where they're they know they hurt it and they're they're going to finish him, so.
2: Yeah. yeah it'll be interesting. Yeah, it, it, this one kind of differs from the original movie, I know, quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I know in some areas it's kind of veered away from the book, in some areas it stayed pretty true. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see where they go from there with some of this, you know?
0: Yeah. So one of the, the key... Points of the movie was, you know, facing your fears, overcoming them. Whether you're mostly the kids were the ones that were figuring things out, and the adults. Oh, one thing I just remembered the adults were always watching that TV show with the creepy kids. And yeah. the, is that did that play into like Pennywise's power, or was that just part of the background noise? Yeah. I
1: wanna well, I wanna say it was background noise, but also kinda of to show where the book explains more, but again, that he you know, he can make people do things, make grown ups do things, and then in, in Henry Bowers' case he took control of him, but that you know, he was able to that was kind of the physical representation of, you know, the tone from the book in that, you know, for example, the scene in the beginning where Ben's getting his uh, Henry's carving his name into Ben's chest and a car drives, drives by, you know, and Ben screaming for help. Well, normally an an adult would see that and would get out and help the kids. But in this case, they just kept driving. And that's kind of how it was throughout the whole book is things would happen. Like Beverly's dad, he, he went crazy. Um, that extended scene in the, in the book is, you know, he's going after, he's trying to kill her, and he's chasing her all through town, and everyone just kind of turns an eye to it. So I think that stuff from the TV is kind of showing, you know, yeah. you, you know, it's coming it's coming from somewhere else. The voices are something to make me make me do this. so
0: okay. well, that make that helps out a lot, actually, because when the the older couple drives by, uh, there's like the red balloon in the back of the car their car. I was like, what's that that about? Is Pennywise in the trunk? Is he going to jump out? And then, you know, nothing happened. So that helps explain that. And then also, um, like at the beginning with with Georgie, when he's outside in the rain looking down the sewer, the older lady comes out and she just, she doesn't do anything. She just kind of turns around and walks back in. When most normally people would be like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it's raining. Go back home. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and one of the things from the book is it would it would say everyone would then react right after the fact that it happened. Like you know the scene with Georgie, he got his arm ripped off, and then everyone went to his aid. You know he he died like in in the hospital or you know something because it just it was it didn't drag him into the sewers. He uh-huh. he got just his arm, but he lost like lost blood and died. But the, everything would happen just right after the you know the then then the grown-ups would show up or then the police would show up or something like that and that's kind of how it how it was just right after um Uh, but everyone turned an eye when you know when when bad things were going on so
0: okay that's interesting um yeah so was just kind of the main the main takeaway for me was you know facing your fears it's all you know if you let fear control you, it can really inhibit what you can do, what your potential is. Obviously, we don't have a Pennywise controlling our thoughts and actions, but I think the concept is the same. And I think it was represented well in the movie that you know they were terrified and petrified of, of it and how he could do things that was dangerous to them. But once they stopped being afraid of him, they were able to, to overcome you know, their fears. So what about you guys? Do you have any main takeaways or is it just a entertainment thing for you, which is just fine, but just kind of your main takeaway from the show? Mark?
2: Um, Probably for me, it's one or two ways. Either get a group of friends that will <laughs> go down into the, Sewers with me to kill some crazy looking, you know, uh, clown or never get friends that will force me to go down with them (laughs) into some crazy well chasing some clown, right? One of the two. But, uh, no, it's mostly entertainment for me. I, I've really, really enjoyed it, um, for what it was. You know, I didn't really try to look for the bigger thing because you're talking to, you know, I just, but uh, I definitely get where you're coming from, but, uh, you know, I just just enjoyed it for what it was.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, Jordan. Well, for for me, I, I I'm like Mark. I go to movies pretty much just to be entertained, to not uh, think too much in into to movies. But when I read books, it's pretty different because you have a lot more time to kind of think and
0: yeah.
1: You know, after after you read a chapter, you have time to kind of think about you know what had happened, and so. You know, for me, the book, um, and you know, this is coming from someone who, uh, you know, moved a lot, and I was always kind of the outsider. And so, one of the things I loved from the book is, you know, and Stephen King talking about children and all the kids coming together. You know, as and the movie kind of did this as well. You know, the main the main group it started it was, you know, Bill and Richie, and, like, Eddie, those those three. And then you had other outsider kids that all played a crucial part, but they all got brought in, and then just kind of their, their friendship. And kind of it was sad in the movie when they fell apart because that doesn't happen in the book um, because they all become so close to each other and pretty much would do anything for each other. And they kind of, I guess, showed that at the end with, like, you know, they all – didn't want to go after it. But once it got one of them, they just dropped everything. You know, Richie was in the arcade playing and it. You know, that's all Bill had to say was it got Bev. And he said, all right, well, let's, as much as I hated you and I got in a fight just barely with you on the street, let's, let's go and do this thing that I do not want to do for her. And so that's kind of the thing that I took away, I guess. You know, the whole story in general was just, their closeness their togetherness to be able to just hey if we're in it together we can we can do it and that actually is a main kind of part in the book was you know he talks about once they got their seventh person you know it was mike and he was about to get killed by some of the older kids in the in the book um the the bad ones henry bowers and his gang um that's when they all kind of realized when he was with them that this is a we have our group it's a closed group now um, and we can now go forward with what we need to do with with fighting it and kind of in this second part when they're adults they weren't all together spoiler alert and that was always a doubt in their mind was is this gonna work again because we're not all here we're not all together. Um so that kind of does play a big big theme is togetherness and and the group so.
0: Okay. That's cool. Um one character we haven't really talked much about is the the black kid who worked in the the sheep slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. What was his name again? So Mike. Mike. Yeah, okay. Mike. Yep. Was he kind of because there always seems to be clairvoyant or a character who has visions in Stephen King's novels? Where it happens frequently, was he clairvoyant or anything like that? That was one question I had. I
2: don't know he, if I if I remember right, he in the book or I, like he kind of figures out how to banish it, you know, like make it go back to sleep or whatever um, by doing some type of like like indian type of uh you know what is that called ritual or something like that like he discovers it through ritual, ritual and discovers kind of what it is through a like a vision quest or something like that if i remember right
1: yeah they're the one he's the, he's the one that had that idea about that i was trying to think of you know in their in their fort when they did the smoke and stuff and that's when they saw the vision of it appearing and then saying, Hey, this is how we can um, beat it. Okay. And he's kind of Ben's Ben's character in the book. He's the one that, you know, he, he knows the history, his grandpa and dad have talked to him about some of the bad things that have happened. Um, so he's the one that knows it's killing okay. every, you know, so often and, you know, things like that. So,
0: Okay. Cool. Um I thought he was a little underused in the movie. I wanted to see more from him. He was kind of brought into the group halfway through the movie, perhaps, but later which, on. Which
1: which occurs in the book, he's the last he's the last one to join. Um but then he is, I mean, he he's as main a character as any of the others, but yeah, he is the last one to he's the one that completes their their circle um if you will um later on probably he's probably the main character in the in the second part he's i I would say he's he's one of the main ones so
2: you know my take on that and you know i apologize ahead of time kind of semi-political but in the in the book and in the in the original movie he is picked on really big and and you know and really attacked because he's black, right? And yep. I, I kind of thought, I thought the same thing, like, man, I didn't see much of him, but I think they cut a lot of that out and just, you know, brought him in for main scenes because of, of what, what's going on today, right? I mean, you, you can't really put something like that in a film and make it okay, right? So I think they just worked their way around it and underutilized it, but I bet he'll be, you know, more brought in later you know, uh, in the next movie, you know he'll be a lot bigger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, any last thoughts or parting words with it from from Mark or Jordan?
2: Uh, go see it. Um, <laughs> that, that's a
0: it's a great
2: show. Um, definitely scary. A lot of a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it? Go see it um, and uh, read the book. Uh, some weird things that happen. I'm not gonna lie to you. I know, like when they got out of the when they're little kids and they have to find their way out of the sewers. There's a weird part, but uh, <laughs> but other than that, you know, read the book, watch the movie. Just that's all I can say. Yeah, King King is a very
1: weird writer. He definitely throws in some weird things into his his book, which is I think one of the things I like about about him is he'll throw just curveballs out and you know and again i i second that go see the movie i you know i i said i said it earlier but you know king's famous for uh for saying you know hey it's not my not my movie i i wrote the book but the movie is not mine it's you know whoever directs the movie or, or makes the movie and so Um, and he's a fan of going to see his movies just as much as, as people are and doesn't take a lot of, uh, creative, uh, stances on it. He likes to see how people make it, which makes it fun to see if there's any changes or, you know, how they decide to handle certain characters. And so it's always fun for me to see, um, movies based on his works or, um, show, you know, TV shows and a lot, a lot of movies are coming out, uh. Friday, there's another movie coming out on Netflix. Gerald's games coming out, and then I think they just really announced one in either October or November coming out. So called 1922. So kind of a big time for him. Yeah. Stuff coming out of his so. yeah. well, the new Stephen King universe. <laughs> just
2: just coming back to it, right? Um, th- that it kind of crossovers with a, with a couple of other books, right? Like Dreamcatcher and uh, uh, The Dark Tower, right?
1: Yeah, correct. There, I mean, th- there's a book I actually have it. It's called the Stephen King Universe because you know every everything he writes is a lot of it is uh, intertwined and has you know connections in some way or the other. Um, and yeah, with the Dark Tower in particular, the movie that just came out, um, there's scenes in that movie where it shows kind of a little hint of what Pennywise is and his origin and, and things like that. And, um, so yeah, there are are connections, um, between everything. Um, however small it may be, but he, he does kind of throw those in there. So.
0: Yeah. That's one thing I've always enjoyed about his books is, you know, I was, I got on a, a kick where I was reading, uh, all about their dark tower and, uh, all the books that coincide with that and kind of intertwined with the man in black, my favorite being the stand. So I hope they make that into a a movie or, um, at least, a maybe a trilogy. Cause it is a, a lengthy story that, you know, deserves a lot of attention. So
1: I'd like to see a
0: lot of stuff, you know, with, with Netflix
1: and Hulu now kind of becoming so big and, yeah, have a budget to make pretty good you know shows um to maybe tackle some of these bigger king works and really kind of do them justice um versus the hey we got to make a 2 hour miniseries or 3 hour miniseries for TV um you know they could take time to make a decent thing which is what actually Hulu did with uh 112263 and made that into a pretty decent uh yeah. uh
0: show so yeah all right so moving on to the dark tower we just brought that up um the connection that mark was alluding to earlier was that in there's a scene in the dark tower where uh roland and oh what's his name i forget the kid jake jake yeah roland and jake stumble upon an old abandoned circus um and there's a a banner that says pennywise the clown on it so there's some crossover there but yeah the dark tower uh, very excited to, to see this movie when it came out uh it's been in development for quite a few months now or at least prior to being released in the theaters and initially they were gonna have like a, a multimedia thing where they do a major motion picture then they do a a season of a TV show, then go back to the a movie and just kind of go back and forth between the different mediums and make an epic storyline, which I think is the way they should have done it or should do it. But this this movie that came out in August of 2017 was the first offering of The Dark Tower. I don't think it's ever been produced in TV format or movie f- format prior, but so previously we just had the the series of books—I believe there's seven books in the Dark Tower novel series—and then <laughs> Sorry, I you. just activated Siri somehow. But <laughs> and then there's the the comic books that are prequels to to the novels. And outside of that, I don't know what else. Is there anything else, Jordan? That's Dark Tower.
1: Well, besides the seven books, there's an eighth eighth book, which is just another tale Um, right but yeah that that's all there was Uh, yeah the comics and and the novels nothing nothing else
0: yeah okay so there's a lot of opportunity there for movies and tv shows i think they need to delve into that hopefully with this new resurgence of stephen king novels being uh brought to the screen whether it's tv screen or movie screen hopefully they'll, they'll pursue that um i thought the dark tower was It wasn't amazing, but it was it was good. I enjoyed watching it. I think partly because it took away the the comparison to, oh well, in the book they did this or in you know wasn't as good as the book or whatever. It was its own kind of own story, very similar. I think based on there were a lot of scenes and elements based on the books, but from what I remember, it's it was its own story. So I think for better or worse that's how it came across um so in the in the first novel the gunslinger of the dark tower series it starts out with conflict between the gunslinger and the man in black as he's chasing him across the desert and in this movie it doesn't start out that like that at all so for you did you ever end up seeing it mark
2: I did not. I haven't had time. I'd I'd love to go, but my two year old baby won't sit still long enough to watch it. Being it, yeah. but no, I I need to go sometime. I, I'm hoping to go soon, or obviously wait for it to come out on Voodoo or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. So with you, Jordan, how did you perceive like your what were your initial thoughts on on the movie and when you saw it? Well. I
1: guess my initial thought when I saw it was, man, how cool would it have been if there were seven movies of this and they did each, you know, each each book? How how cool would that be? Um, I kind of, you know, people always ask me, well, did you like it? Because you know, it got such bad reviews and yeah. you know, people hated it. And you know, I, I tell people, you know, it was a good, it was a good movie. It was it was well done. The uh, the story was was good. If if you're going just to see see the movie it would be you know my comparison is you know imagine they made just the harry potter movie and you had gone in not ever reading harry potter and you went and saw it you might really enjoy it and someone who read all seven books might say oh man that was horrible so i you know i i I did like the movie i liked the things that they showed on it It was very well done the story was good um but yeah, I I just kind of thought, oh man, it, it this would have been cool to see. They or they showed just the they gave me a little taste of you know this town or this character, but then they kind of took it away and yeah. um so things like that made me, you know, a little disappointed. Um, but I did, I didn't hate the movie, especially as I think more and more uh, about it. So
0: Yeah. That's kind of my impression as well. A lot of great elements from the books and what you kind of imagined happening in your mind, at least for me when reading it, it was portrayed on screen is represented really well. Um, so it is its own story. Um, as far as I remember, did it follow any general storyline or from the, from the novel? Well,
1: I mean the general it, it I mean it followed the main, the main one if um, you know, being that, you know, the man in black, um, which, you know, and, and again, the Dark Tower, then, as we talked a little bit about, you know, with the Stand earlier in the Stephen King universe, I mean, the Man in Black is the villain. I mean, he's right. he's it. So, you know, he's just trying to destroy the the tower, if you will, because, you know, that kills everything. And, you know, that's the main part in the book, what takes us from, you know, page one in the book to I don't know how many pages after you reach book seven and it ends. Um, but that's that's the quest. And so they, you know, really all they did was just condense uh, the the journey of Roland and, and Jake and the other characters he gets on his quest. They just kind of condensed it really quick and said, hey, I mean, he finished it. I mean, the, the, the movie ends, there's no is there going to be a second movie? I mean, it's, it's done. It, it concluded and that. Um, so that main themes stayed true to, right. to the dark tower. And then like you said, they have, you know, just little, little glimpses of, you know, towns, for example, or, you know, the gateways or, you know, my favorite part probably from the movie was, you know, the, the, the people who they wear animal, they have animal faces. And then, um, you know through their human skin sometimes that will show up and so you know it's kind of it was cool seeing them and, and seeing yeah. them on the but then sad at the same time that it didn't go further yeah. um, or the for example the breakers that the kids that were used to try to just destroy the tower uh, yeah. you know more added and things like that but I mean it that so yeah
0: okay well at the end um, the men in black Disappears. I don't think he's dead, right? Because he just kind of gets overpowered and he disappears. It's alluded to that he was destroyed, but you can't kill the Man in Black. <laughs> this yeah. just doesn't happen, right? So, I think it left the door open, especially at the end. They kind of showed the the slogan "All Hell" the Crimson King uh, spray painted on the wall. So I think that alludes. It opens. It keeps the door open for another movie. Um, but do you see any storylines from the novels or the comics? I guess the comics are more prequels, but any storylines from the the novels being able to be continued on into a second movie?
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't know how much I wanna spoil from the books, but one of the one of the famous lines from the book and famous scenes, I guess, is, and it's from the very first one where, you know, Jake is with Roland and they're going through this like mine and there's, you know, I don't know, ogres or goblins or some type of creature. and They're about to fall and Jake can't really hold on and Roland just drops him and to die and he says, go, um, there's other more worlds than this or there's other worlds than this and I'll find you later. Right in another world. So this will be it for you in this world. But I'll 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 find you and I'll get you and we'll keep going. And so he drops him and he and Jake dies. And but then in the second book, then he finds him in New York and continues his story. And Jake kind of actually, they remembers. I I think it's I was in college when I when I read the the books and I need to read them again. Um, but so in that in that sense, then you know, and that's one of the things that happens in the dark tower is there's different dimensions kind of in planes and you know there's you know it's all happening at once so they very well could then say hey now we're jumping to this time frame or this you know this line in the yeah. in the dark tower um and yeah like you said there really is no kill no true killing of of the man in black like you know, from the stand, if if you remember that, I mean, he yeah. he gets like obliterated by a you know bomb, and then appears somewhere else, you know, and finds people to to control. And so yeah, he he is kind of ever everlasting and and stuff like that. So they they could, and we'll, well, I guess we'll have to see. So
0: yeah, yeah, I think it was a great uh, a good story, worth seeing if you're into that sort of thing. Um, the only negative for me was the the potential it had, and then it just kind of ended up being its own story, at least from the get-go. So I think they have these ambitious plans from the beginning. Hey, we're going to do all these movies, TV shows, blah, blah, blah. But then if, when it's released, all you end up getting is a movie that could have, end up being just a standalone movie. So hmm. so I don't know what happened. Uh, if they got scared or if they the funding dried up or just how you know how it went down but it's that. so the only negative for me is just disappointment for a lack of potential that it had so, uh, if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth seeing at least in my mind if you didn't see it in theaters you can see it on you know digital download or, or redbox I'm sure has it so go check it out let us know what you think alright so that's That's our show for the day. Um, Talked a lot about it and and Stephen King and the dark tower and his, his world. Is there any, um, anything else you guys want to add to what we've talked about so far before we wrap things up? Um,
1: I'll just make a plug for my, uh, if you do love Stephen King and you want to come or talk about it just on Facebook, there is a, a book club that I have. It's called the constant readers SLC. Um, we're reading the Stephen King books in order. We actually just read it. Um, we jumped ahead, I think by like three years. Um, we read one book every other month. Yeah. Um, we're actually starting in October to read the dead zone. So if, if you are into that, you can give us a like on, find me on Facebook and join our group. We just talk on Facebook. Nothing, nothing big. If you want to read, uh, stephen king
0: books so yeah definitely check it out i'm a member so i'll be there i, I actually have time now that i'm done with grad school so uh, i'll <laughs> read some of these stephen king books i've always been interested in them yeah
1: one of mark. the benefits of not working is i have endless yeah. time to read while i'm <laughs> waiting for the dishwasher to end
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep, that will be helpful what about you mark any parting thoughts
2: yes um,
0: it's a definitive, yes.
2: It <laughs> might not be dead. Oh. at the end of the series. Just letting you know. <laughs> just letting you know. So everyone that watched the original films and will watch this next film, just don't go to Derry. That's all I'm saying.. <laughs> yeah. So
0: we also want to thank Jordan Rasmussen for being a guest on our podcast, and we appreciate his his time. And his knowledge of all things Stephen King, like he said, uh, go check him out on Constant Readers SLC for more Stephen King content and discussion. And where can people find you on the interwebs? Do you have a Twitter? Well,
1: Facebook. Yeah, Twitter is a uh, at um, three eleven stew t h uh, r e e one one s t u dot com. Post some stuff to Twitter. Um, Facebook as well.
0: so. Yeah. And I forgot, Jordan's a huge 311 fan. How many times have you seen them in concert?
1: Uh, 25 <laughs> and have my tickets booked for Las Vegas for the annual 311 or the semi or biannual 311 day. So
2: yeah.
1: if you going to that, so it was 26 and 27.
2: Yep. Were you down there, uh, was it like a month ago when they were down in Vegas?
1: Uh, no, not in Vegas. I saw him here in the summer. Um. Yeah, I can only do so many Vegas trips. I've seen him in Vegas three times. Um. So. Yep.
0: Yeah, if you want to talk three eleven with Jordan, he'll definitely do that. Um, yep. So yeah, we want to thank him for joining us, and we look forward to having him on at some future episode when he when he has time, and definitely we want to be a part of JordanCon too. So let us know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get a rolling and that can be a
1: be a podcast for you jordan con
0: (laughs) yeah we're here we are live from jordan con
2: yeah that's right (laughs) cool
0: yeah well thanks again jordan we appreciate it cool well we want to thank everyone for for joining us and listening in to the random angst podcast as usual we can be found on facebook at facebook.com slash random angst or on twitter twitter.com slash random angst we have a youtube channel that we've been posting videos to lately search for random makes to find our channel subscribe to the channel and give us comments and likes that'd be much appreciated as well as uh, we're on SoundCloud this podcast is hosted on SoundCloud so just go to soundcloud.com slash random you can also make comments there give us feedback Uh, we're just starting obviously this is episode 8 so we're not even in double digits yet So we have a lot to learn and we want to hear from you on what we can improve and how we can make this show better and more listenable for for you guys, and um, we're open to to that feedback. Uh, we're also on um, Pinterest. I started up a Pinterest page. There's nothing posted there, but for anybody who likes Pinterest, you know, go check us out there and follow us and post some some things there. You can also find us on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes and search random angst, we'll be the only podcast to pop up. So give us a listen there. If that's what you like to listen to your podcasts on and definitely give us a review. Um, If you like it, give us four or five stars, whatever you think is necessary and give us a, some feedback there so we can improve our show. We also are on patreoncom slash random angst, where if you want to donate a dollar a month to help support us in our endeavors, uh, that would be much appreciated. We have exclusive content on Patreon and what we do with that is it helps fund our you know, buying swag for you guys uh, as well as buying equipment and just improving the show and our presence overall. So it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it is something to help support you know, us as we try to make this show better, make it more available to more people, and uh, just try to be more accessible to everyone. Um, So, yeah, with that, just want to thank you guys for listening, and we will be, be back next week with more content. Thanks again.
2: Thanks, guys.